Hey everybody, welcome to the next episode of the Strand Tennis Center podcast, filled with tips, advice, tennis, not tennis, just life advice too, whatever you need. Uh, like it on YouTube, share it on uh, the podcast as well. Thank you. Yeah, welcome everyone to the Strand Tennis Center podcast. I'm Steve Cable. I'm your host. I'm actually looking at a hole in the wall again. It seems like everybody's running for something. You can you can do a little B-roll on that, take a shot. Someone's okay. always banging into the wall on five. Uh, usually heavy set gentlemen. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. It could be anybody. You, you have enough force into that wall, you can bang it. We we ran through walls before, even on other places. There used to be, I forget where I played, there was a wall somewhere. And you always bang into it. Uh, we I used to play at a club where they had a, Another court on the, not on the roof, but if you, if, if the way court clubs were designed, there would be three courts and three courts in the lobby in the middle, right? Yeah. On each yeah. side. But there's a mezzanine in between. And then bef- there used to be a place where there was, he had just on top of the mezzanine, there's just the mezzanine and then the roof, and he put a little tennis court on there okay. with all brick walls around it. That's so you cool. couldn't really, it we was closer than our place. Like, yeah. You would hear the people playing on the sides below you, but you'd be playing on the smaller core of brick walls. And I remember a maintenance guy used to live there. He used to live in the sh- in the shed room. He just okay. had a bed there. It's crazy. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. But it really, really made you uh, <laughs> be aware of angles and things like that because it wasn't like this. I mean, you ran into a brick wall. Like it was because <laughs> it was probably, you know, f- four foot five foot high wall that you would just run into but it was fun because it made you really really understand angles and the scope of the court it was uh, those were the days Santi well, just less worried and running into walls that was your big concern um, I'm going to talk about a couple things today because I'm always reading something um, I actually have a I kind of I read books I get a process I have I'm sure everyone does in their Amazon cart. I don't know, maybe me. I've got like, I don't know how many books in there and I time them and group them, right? So I don't want to, I guess I'm going to go through the process of reading and how you kind of, and just, not not the process of reading, but just, I, again, setting goals and deciding how to do it and structure it in a way. And you got to know who you are. So I try to read probably one book a week or maybe two if I can, but I don't order them until the book is finished. Because the problem is, for my mental, mental attitude, if I order 10 books, I'm very excited to get a book. This is how excited I am. So if I have 10 of them and they start to sit there, they lose their excitement. Oh, so okay. if it's in the cart, it's much more exciting that it's going to come to me. Right. So there's so many things you can do. I and mean, this is about anything. If you delay gratification... In regards to your work ethic or tennis or anything like that, say you want instant success in something or you have to understand leading indicators or lagging indicators, right? A leading indicator would be, this is a great part of the 12-week year, a leading indicator would be saying, all right, I want to lose 20 pounds or I want to read two books a week, but a leading indicator would be, all right, I'm reading one chapter a night. The lagging indicator means that I'm done with the book. Mm -hmm. So when you get excited about reading a book, if you order 10 of them, you've kind of gotten those books already. To me, that's yeah. already lagging. A leading indicator would be like, I have to be done with this book to order the next one. Right. And it kind of, it's a self-fulfilling thing. So always look at leading indicators first. They're very important. So again, if you are, that's an incredible shot right at me. Can you believe the odds of that happening across 
the way. They're so embarrassed, too, they want to look. Because can you believe you can hit a shot like that parallel to the court and over the net? Is that possible? <laughs> That's incredible, man. She didn't get hit. You couldn't believe the geometry of the court. So I'm standing here. That ball came from behind me, but they're not facing me. They're facing this way. Yeah. Incredible stuff here at the Strand. Uh, uh, but so a leading indicator, again, would be I, I want to lose 10 pounds or I want to, you know, I want to I want to beat this person. Yeah. Or I want to be able to hit a, a serve 105 miles an hour. The leading indicator would be like I'm practicing my serve 20 minutes a day. That's a leading indicator. And if you don't keep track of the leading indicators, you're never going to get to the lagging indicator. So. If I, again, set a goal to, you know, achieve a certain result, but I don't do anything to achieve that result, it's just about monitoring your progress. So if you don't monitor, and you should do it every day, if you don't monitor your leading indicators and monitor and say, okay, I did this today, check it off, I did that today, I did this today, that today. If you don't do that, then you're going to be in a situation where you're just hoping for something good to happen. So I hope I, you know, get to travel the world. I hope I get to do this. But you're not doing anything for it. Mm-hmm. You never want to hope. I always say hope is the worst word on earth. Because hope kind of disassociates you from responsibility. Yeah. When I say hope, I just go, oh, I hope everything happens all right. It's, got really, it's really out of my control. Hope is bullshit. And that should be the title of this uh, podcast. Hope, hope is bullshit? Hope is bullshit. Because when you're hoping, again, you're taking yourself out of it. You're in control of your own life. You're in control of the decisions you make. Don't be a victim. Don't be like, oh, it didn't work out. I hope this happens. I hope, well, maybe this will be better next time. No, you're going to make it better yourself. And you're going to do it yourself. So that's why you need to, you know, this is all part of a couple of books I've read. But the 12-week year is fantastic because it, you set your goals. You set your weekly goals. You set the tasks for those 12-week goals, but then you have a weekly sheet where you go through those tasks daily, what you need to do, and you check those off. And you have to understand, and then you go through, you give yourself a score every week and say, okay, where are my leading indicators? What are my lagging indicators? How many of these things have I done? Am I at, usually, if they said uh, the studies, if you're at 85% of what you're doing, you're going to be successful. You don't even have to be 100%. 85, say you have s- seven goals, and you get through 85% of them for the week. It's huge. So yeah. don't think like you have to be perfect. Don't think you have to be, you know, this superhuman person. All you need to do is set those goals and, and get above the 80 percentile to do them. Um, so I, I wanted to talk about that leading indicators. But I also wanted to talk about in a, in a situation, in work or in life, this was on my mind, when do you, because this is from... Uh, uh, Marshall Goldsmith, which is a great book called The Earned Life as well. And it's a weird, in a strange thing, I get books I haven't planned out, and then someone gives me a book, and it throws me all off, and i got to read it because i got to get it out of the system. It's a weird sort of thing because it's off my schedule. So uh, my sister gave me this book. It's just about, again, it's very similar to finding a purpose, finding what you need to do, making sure that anything you, ha- anything you want to do has a purpose because you'll never want to do it. Mm-hmm. But in a work environment, like I'll ask you this, which is, in, is in its interesting story it has in the book, in a work environment, when do you make yourself noticed? When do you stay under the radar? 
And when do you, um, you know, sort of give credit to somebody else? When do you think those moments are, those three kind of different moments? So let's I go through like slowly. <clears throat> as an employee, yeah. you hope that they always notice everything you do, like little things. You hope they do. You hope, exactly, the word hope, right? But you don't know if they do or not. Yeah. Because, um, you know, the bosses in a workplace are could, probably busy with other things, but you, you're hoping that they, you know, see your progress, your, your efforts and stuff like that. Um, I think you should always give credit to your, you know, your coworkers or whoever helped you with something or you helped them with something. You know, you should always give credit. It's not, you know, you shouldn't take the, the win for yourself yeah. um, um, in a workplace or something. So when do you think you should be, the first question, when do you think you should make yourself known and make someone aware of your Well, you, I good, feel like you have to come out your, your strong. Your good traits. Yeah, you have to come out strong, or else they'll just think you're just a regular, regular worker. You know, you have to come out strong, do the work, put in good effort, and you know, produce good, good work or whatever you're doing. Um, if you don't come out strong, you're just you just to them you might just be a normal everyday worker, do whatever, go home. Yeah. You know, if you look like you're out there, you know, meeting people, socializing with the other managers that are not even your managers. You know, it looks like you want to help build and grow, uh, stuff like that. So there was a story pertaining to what you're saying. There's a story in the book, which was interesting, is, I don't know the name. The guy was going to be passed over for the CEO of a position, uh, the CEO of the company. And he then wrote a letter to the board, the president, and said, this is what we need to do to do this company, blah, blah, blah. All these things, da, 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 like a whole... Yeah. Action item list plan. This is what we need to do. And the president of the board said, "Yeah, you were passed over for this job, but since you because you but I couldn't believe you wrote this letter and how aggressive you are and how much you think about this company. You have this job. So those are the kind of things where one you should let yourself be known if you know yeah. you're if you know people aren't letting you be aware. Yeah. And then another juxtaposition with a great story was the the book author was being celebrated at a party. I forget what, I don't know the details, but he was being celebrated. They were talking about him. He's like, do I talk about myself? Do I make a speech? And he did. He was talking about himself, make a speech, blah, 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 all this stuff. He already was being noticed. So this is a situation where he was already being noticed. He was having a party. Right. <laughs> so at the end of the party, and if you know, and if you know history, at the end of the party, he gets honored, right? All this stuff. And at the end of the party, come up, someone comes up shaking hands, doesn't remember his name. He goes, hey, uh, hello. My name, my name is Jonas Salk. Great to meet you. Mm. <laughs> and immediately, if you get that, he was so embarrassed. Because you know who Jonas Salk is? Me? Yeah, no, you don't know Jonas Salk. Really. Well, Jonas, Jonas Salk is probably one of the greatest. You know, he invented the polio vaccine, right? Saved oh, millions okay. of people, right? So the, the funny part about it is this guy Marshall's at this party being honored. And he feels like he's got to say a speech. And he doesn't have to do any of it. And there's a guy in there in the party that he couldn't even hold a candle to, Jonas yeah, Salk, yeah. right? So Jonas Salk just goes, hey, uh, I just, he just says his name, right? So yeah. you have to realize when you don't have to push it. Right. And when you do, and you're like, you're being honored already, you don't have to push that. And sometimes you do. And some people, and sometimes yeah. you're being passed over for a job, you should. Yeah. You know, uh, just like uh, just like when uh, Hillary is here or any coach, and we equate it to tennis, if you feel like you're going to be passed over, as a, for a coaching position, or you're going to be passed over as a recruit, make yourself known. 
yeah. call that coach, write him a letter, write him another letter. Yeah. If you feel like you're getting tons of letters, everybody know who you are. You don't have to stick it in anybody's face or push it. Understand the difference and understand the nuance. Sometimes you have to put a spotlight on yourself. Yeah. So it's hard for kids to do that, recruits to do that. It's hard to keep calling a coach. It's hard to say, hey, listen, I am good for you if you don't get it. You know, sometimes coaches miss it, right? So it's really important to understand that. So basically the podcast today is about, you know, it's very similar to things we talked about. It's usually about what I'm reading if we're not interviewing someone. We're supposed to interview somebody next week as well. But you have to find, again, a large, like we said, a large purpose in what you want to do. Then you have to set tactable, tact, 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 <laughs> tactics okay. to do it. You can't just hope for something good to happen. You should just play the goddamn lottery then because it is the worst. People go around life hoping for all this great stuff to happen in their life. That is just bullshit. Yeah. Most of the things that happen in people happen because they're working for it. And luck only happens when they're busting their ass anyways. And they fall into, say, they're, say they want to buy a multifamily unit, 20 units, and they've gone through 100 of them. And they failed in 100 of them. And somebody says to him, calls him back, goes, oh, you know, by the way, there's another unit I noticed there. Do you think that's luck? That's not luck. He did all that hard work mm. to get that luck. Yeah. Shit doesn't happen sitting on your ass. It never will. Um, so you've got to understand that. Nothing, you know... Nothing comes to you by wishing for good things to happen. It just doesn't. I've never, it just never happens. Usually you're doing something and something falls in your lap. It just happens that way. But you have to be, again, like we say, you have to be active. So write out that 12-week goal. Make sure that purpose is clear. Understand the balance in, in life between saying, okay, I need to step up, I need to talk, and I need to be quiet here. Understand that. It's really hard to have that self-aware. Understand when you're getting accolades and you don't need to push it. Understand when you feel like, oh, I'm going to lose out on this situation. And then just take a risk because if you've already lost out on this situation, it doesn't matter if you write a letter or something because you're already lost, according to you, so it can't hurt. Mm. So that's really what this podcast is today. How are you otherwise, Santi? Good. Good. Yeah. Anything going on? Had a snack before I you came here. Had a snack? Here. Yeah, before I came here. What'd you eat? Junk food. <laughs> Junk food from Quick Check. Oh, my God. Fuel. It's fuel. Oh, I heard you were day. getting closer with your lady friend, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're Is just that going friends. well? Yeah. I, I just want to stay friends. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, cool. Santi, Santi. You and your relationships, yeah. my friend. Gotta love them. <laughs> Gotta love them. Um, but everybody listen um, I hope some of these podcasts help just a little bit for clarity purposes uh, realize you always get you know we always say you always get a shit sandwich all the time whether you're on the tennis court or not and again the only thing you can control is your reaction to things that happen that's the only thing you can do I can't control results. I can't control people's reaction. I can only control my reaction and my attitude. If I lose and I work harder, that's a good reaction, right? If I win and I sit around and do nothing afterwards because I feel good about it, that's my reaction to it. The only thing you can control is your reaction. So hopefully everybody has a good day. We're into February. 
It's going to be a little cold, Sunty, this week, and maybe get some snow up there. It's not going to get there. You know what's so funny is this is usually what happens in general, you know, weather histories. One side gets no snow, the other side gets a ton. You know, Tahoe, uh, buddy just came back from Tahoe, it's like 150 inches. It's ridiculous. Like, they're getting so much snow out there. A couple feet all the time. Yeah. And then it happens all the time. West Coast didn't have any snow, what what year? Last year, two years ago or something? Mm -hmm. And the East Coast got a t- got a lot. And it's mm-hmm. so it's weird. It's, yeah. it's interesting how that happens. Any re- any uh, reasons why that? Usually it's the it's the I jet no stream. Yeah, I think generally Tahoe gets pretty good snow, yeah. even if it's you know they just get like they get weird systems that get stuck in there. Um, and then the, generally, as a snowboarder that like has been snowboarding on the East Coast, I know it doesn't get good until late January okay. to March. So there's only like a two and a mat two and a half month window to actually get good snow in Vermont slash New York that type of what's area. the two and a half month window December, what is it like uh, you said February March February and then March. part of January okay yeah so even out west when I used to live in Colorado it doesn't really get really good till January so even like Thanksgiving Christmas you have a lot of icy spots okay stuff like that just man-made snow everywhere but then they but then out west they get um in Colorado, Utah, they get a lot of spring snow. So you have, like, March, April dumps. But sometimes by then, the, the resorts are closed. So, and they also get hailstorms. So there's, like, a lot of um, places. Do you ever get caught in a hailstorm, like, snowboarding or anything? No, no. Like, well, in, like, Denver, they'll have random hailstorms that come through, damage your car, and they have, like, pop-up shops that, like, fix your car. It's, we it's had crazy. a hailstorm. I remember working 20 years ago at a club, and a hailstorm destroyed my car. as a mess. That's like crazy. Balls big. Yeah. Like, yeah crazy. No good. no good. And yeah, they're, they're there. They travel around these hail people too. Yeah. They know where the hail storms are and they fix your car. Oh, really? Yeah, they'll travel yeah, around. That makes sense. Just like, uh, like body hurricane shopping. people that cut yeah. trees down and stuff. They'll travel around. They'll know where they're. Say a hurricane's there, they'll travel to the air and they'll say, we'll cut your trees cut down. Cut the trees down. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. That's yeah. smart. Yeah. Traveling business. That's pretty cool. Um,. No, that's, uh, I think that's all I got today, something, just a little information. All right, everybody, have a great day. Keep acting, keep moving. Don't quit. Answers in the actions. I'll see you. Hey, everybody, hope you like the podcast. Please share with your friends, anybody that you know, anybody that's into tennis, anybody that's into bettering themselves, share it.